Kalimera. Hi, and welcome to Battle Boned, the ultimate guide to ancient warfare with your host, Peter Bone. And welcome to Episode 2, Series 1, on Ancient Greek Warfare. Episode 2 is going to be about the Battle of Hasea, or in Latin, Hasei. It's about 669 BCE. It is the first of this kind. And it's important because it it's part of this mythos behind the phalanx, um, how, how it was created. And so we have Phaedon, the tyrant of Argos, and the aggressor, which is the city-state of Sparta. And Sparta has just come off bit winds. It's conquered all of South Peloponnese. And they kind of turn their eye to the city-state of Argos. And Argos has, you know, been kind of expanding and annexing farmland too. And so we really have the makings of a, a good battle here. But it doesn't go in Sparta's favor. This is uh, kind of an epic loss to Sparta. And I think this is, if it's true, I mean, the sources that we have on this are kind of spotty. Pausanias, the Greek geographer, is was considered kind of a reputable source, but not so much in recent scholar trends in academia. Um, we have some other smatterings of writings here and there, so we got to kind of piecemeal this together. But in the grand scheme of things, I think that if we kind of go with, hey, this probably could have happened, it, it is a good um, kind of insight into the adoption of the phalanx and the adoption of the auspice, which is the three and a half foot oak and bronze sheeted shield that kind of gives the rise to this proto phalanx phalanx that we kind of see depictions on on the Kiki base um, that was found in Etruria. So here we have Phaedon or Phaedon, um, the tyrant of Argos. He kind of says, okay, well, we've been skirmishing and fighting, and now, you know, I have enough manpower to kind of rely on a greater pool of people. And so I'm going to use that to my advantage. And, you know, we have shield walls, but they're not really as effective as I want them to be. So I'm going to devise a system to kind of pull the ranks a little bit tighter, maybe a little bit more unit cohesion, and really utilize different lines and, you know, fight in more of a, a more organized shield wall, right? But we still have to remember that this is still kind of a proto-phalanx, uh, the evidence of tight-packed unit of shield wall, phalanx moving as one unit cohesion, you know, just one block of just mass of death and destruction. Uh, doesn't really come until the Peloponnesian Wars around 430 to 400 BC. And... A lot of people are like, well, the Aspis would have been useless outside of, you know, mass formations. Well, this is kind of where I prescribe to the camp of, well, maybe, I mean, there's different, you know, I mean, Aspis is all around, but you could have like a crescent moon shape. You could have divots in it. Uh, they could have been made of lighter materials, uh, not even been coated with, you know, metal that made them really heavy because bronze Bronze is expensive then, and it's still kind of expensive now. And tin is really rare earth metal. And so then you have this idea of like, well, how do I outfit this many guys with bronze? You know, and I mean, it probably cost a lot of money to outfit, even then, even in archaic Greece, even more so, you know, because most for most of history, the average or the common man was a farmer. They didn't really have a lot, um, maybe subsistence farming. And so, 
you know the guys that are fighting have a little bit more at stake because they're more so members of the the citizens of the police they have a little bit more uh, you know maybe a trade they uh empire going on some kind of stall they make they make money right so you have the ideas of the duel you have the ideas of you know raiding settlements and other police um you have ambushes you know and the greek navy is coming kind of into its own too maybe you have guys fighting on ships so the role of the aspis probably was an evolution it was probably an evolution from greece uh from previous ages you know the mycenaean and the bronze age and kind of filtering down and it wasn't you know what we think of a, like a total collapse like the society completely totally collapsed and we forgot how to live probably didn't happen that way and so we still have some of these evolutionary things it just takes a while for the population to kind of come back from a lot of the war and famine and drought and you know all kinds of the you know the subscribe uh theory now is probably a lot of climate change happened very rapidly you know within several decades that caused a lot of this crap <laughs> you know it was just like oh we can't feed ourselves and so and then you descend into chaos and you get stuff from that but i i don't think that it was just argos being like hey we created this wonderful idea you know out of thin air i think it was just a culmination of stuff so now you have sparta marching up and they're like oh okay well we're going to go ahead and conquer you argos i know you're set up here in the city argos is like that's fine come on in you know let's let's test out how wonderful these shields are now that we've made some money and i bet some cheeky ass greek guy wrote dexai uh on his spear which means catch in greek it's like hey catch this you know stabbing away holy shit man so the battle begins. Sparta is a raid, and it's kind of its loose formations. They got shields. They got their panoply. And the gates are open. Well, that's curious. So Sparta being Sparta, they charge right on in. Like, oh, we're going to attack you. And, you know, you don't have really prescribed codes of war that we know about here. And so now you have Sparta entering through the gates of this police, this smaller police, this city. And you have guys probably running in a stopping going, what the hell? And you see these these guys with these big shields arrayed in a formation, tight-packed formation within these city streets. And now you're going to have to attack them. So Sparta probably starts attacking. They run in and they try to, you know, maybe the shield wall of some kind, and they just don't have the kind of technology to be able to answer to the large bronze covered aspis. And so now you have, instead of just the front rank, you have a couple of ranks back with their spears, probably longer than the Spartans, uh, arrayed. And so now you don't just have the front line, you have wall of death and destruction. And it would have been absolutely terrifying either way. But to go into a battle like that, you would have to have balls or nerves of steel to begin with. And then now to go up against something that you really haven't seen. Sparta didn't know what, what to do. They were kind of lost. And so they got absolutely slaughtered in the streets of Hesea. And, you know, row after row kind of slaughtering down each man, stabbing him, 
in the neck, stabbing him in the groin, stabbing him in the armpit, anywhere that they can find a artery or a vein to make him bleed to death. And, you know, Sparta eventually tucks tails and runs. They run back to Sparta and they don't really assault Argos again until the 400s BCE. Uh, Argos is like, haha, you know, we've won the day. Fuck you, Sparta. Um, but Sparta comes back with vengeance. Sparta becomes the ultimate uh, hegemony. But we'll get to all that later on. I just really wanted to also quickly go over kind of the center of gravity and the mental aspects of facing this kind of shield wall. Um, there is a there is a, a physicality to it, obviously, but there's also this emotional aspect to it where courage and nerves of steel are really quite desired. And so Greeks talk about being noble. Obviously, it means something a little different to Socrates and the Athenians, but for the most part, it means someone who is really, really brave. And to be completely frank, having balls of steel like that in the face of combat where you're having spears thrust at you, swords flying, you know, uh, missile troops throwing crap at you. And it's like, holy shit, you know, putting yourself in kind of that, that mind frame, that imagination of what actually kind of happened in these battles is crazy. And so I think more so than not, especially in the earlier eras of ancient wars, it was the, the steel or the metal of troops being able to stand and kind of go through these battles and just stand your ground. Doesn't matter if the man to the left or right of you fall, you keep fighting. And that, that is a very mental, mentally taxing thing, I think. Mostly taxing. And I can't imagine the the serious PTSD that comes from this stuff, you know, it's like, it's super dark. And so I think there is a lot of room in Greece, you know, for comedy and stuff due to these, this warfare. I mean, it's absolutely crazy, crazy to think about that kind of stuff, but having that metal, you know, these guys must've just been naturally pumped full of uh, testosterone and adrenaline at the time. I really like this excerpt from uh, Tarteus, who is the Spartan poet, the war songs of Tertius, and he says of the phalanx, now of those who dare abiding one beside another to advance to the close fray and the foremost champions, fewer die, and they save the people in the rear, but in the men that fear, all excellence is lost. No one could ever in words go through those several ills which befall a man. If he has been actuated by cowardice, for it is grievous to wound in the rear the back of a flying man in the hostile war. Shameful, too, is a corpse lying low in the dust, wounded behind the back by the spear point of a spear. And now comes the part where it's story time, where I put you into the eyes and ears of a soldier fighting in the lines of the ranks of the shield wall proto-phalanx and what the experience must be like. The hot summer sun was stifling, his eyes watering from the smell of all the other men packed tightly together in the small but cramped streets. Also hot from all the bronze that he had on, heavily weighed down, his shield, his helmet, 
his breastplate, his greaves, his sword, his spear. All heavy. But he had gotten used to it over time. He was now a veteran, standing in the front rank, a high honor in the city of Argos. But nerves are always a thing that men have to contend with. And he did his best to steal them. To calm his fear. To keep his adrenaline in check. But a chill went up his spine as he heard the approaching men from the city-state of Sparta. They have never tasted defeat. But he was going to give it to them today. The gates were flung wide open and Spartans, confused, ran through them. Pouring in one after another, they stopped as they saw his formation. Tight shields, spears to the ready. This was the Protophalanx. Phaedon had laid a trap. Another chill went up his spine and goosebumps rippled all over his body. His muscles tightened and he struggled to keep control of his nerves. After a brief and intense few seconds, the battle began in earnest. Spartans running and screaming with their war cries all the way to his position. But his men and himself lowered their shields, raised their spears. They were ready. He had cheekily written Dexai on his spear. Catch this. He dared the Spartan to catch his spear laughing all the way as the Spartans were running to his position, knowing that he was much better protected, much more trained. Drilled and veteran. The first Spartan caught up, then the second and the third, and instead of crashing into shields with short spears, swords, The ranks began to stab over and over. The first Spartan caught on his spear, ran his eye all the way through. And he yanked the spear out and his eye popped out with it. Screaming in agony, the man dropped down to his knees. And he again stabbed in the neck to make death swifter blood ran out, began to spurt all over him and the shield. He could taste the saltiness and hear the gurgling. That's what always got him. No matter how steeled he was, it was always the gurgling of men dying that made his nightmares the worst. But still more Spartans kept running and still he and his battle brothers thrust over and over again with their spears, catching the Spartans in their armor, only for the Spartans 
to be caught with another spear and laid low by this new and ambitious shield wall. Almost to the point of exhaustion, the men kept going, kept fighting, kept stabbing. Spears were beginning to shun, render and, and shudder and break, and swords were drawn. But yet the spears kept going, and the shields kept holding. Stabbing became furious. But the Spartans eventually had enough, had enough death, and they ran. They ran out of the city and all the way back to Sparta. And Argos was victorious. And there was cheering and clapping. And he was so tired from the tensity, from the brutality, from the physicality of this battle. And he couldn't wait to go home and see his wife. Drink his wine and try to forget about the battle. And make ready for the new one. That was surely to come under the tyrant of Argos. And that's the end of story time. I appreciate you guys bearing with me through that. I wanted to give you a perspective of, uh, you know, a soldier that was fighting for the police of Argos. You know, got his panoply, his new shield, uh, the Argreve, which is the special straps. And again, I just wanted to say thank you so much for uh, listening all the way through my podcast. This is episode two. Um, We'll keep continuing with uh, Archaic Greece, and I have a couple more battles lined up that you guys will like. So I just wanted to again extend my thanks to anybody who listens to this and say if you guys have any comments or criticisms or ideas, there's contact information on the website to these podcasts uh, on Podbean and uh, Libsyn. And I look forward to hearing from you guys and putting out some more content. So thank you again for listening and have a good one.